So I actually have a story to start with um, before we actually start the show. Oh. Um, it's related to Metallica in a way. So last episode, I was I mentioned that Justice came out right around the time I had picked up guitar and I was starting to learn guitar. So in that period from like 88 to 91, all I did was play my guitar in my room. Like I would come home from school, go down to my room, play my guitar. That was it, right? So probably around summer of 90, I think, somewhere around there. I was, as usual, in my room playing my guitar, and my mom calls me saying, Eric, someone's at the door for you. I was like, okay, that's weird. I don't I don't remember setting up any... <laughs> I don't have any friends. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> friends? <laughs> my, my guitar is my friend. Um, so I come to the door, and there's a dude, like, long, dirty blonde hair and a Just Say Ozzy shirt on, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, I heard you play guitar. And I'm like, yeah, I do, I do. He's like, well, what are you into? And I'm like, oh, I've been actually playing like um, Disposable Heroes right now. He's like, oh, Metallica. Yeah, I love Metallica. I was like, all right, cool. You want to come down and hang out? Well, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we come down to my room and I'm playing uh, Disposable Heroes. And he's like singing along and like he knows everything about Metallica. And it's really cool. And he's like, yeah, I just got a drum set. And, um, you know, I'm Turns out it was drums. your brother. <laughs> and uh, no. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, so yeah, you should come out, come over and hang out one day. We'll jam or something. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. So we hang out for a little bit longer, and I, I see him at the door and walk him out and close the door. And my mom was like, who was that? And I'm like, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm like, I think, I think it was Joe Bond, I think. But I haven't seen him in like four years. We hung out barely in, in elementary school. But I think that's who it was. Anyway, that's how, that's how Joe and I started playing together. <laughs> it was funny because it was like I was hanging out with this dude, and I... I rec- kind of rec- recognized them, but I was like, yeah. Didn't you guys live not that far away from each other? <laughs> yeah, we lived like, yeah. Yeah, it's really close. Like, not even half a mile. You guys were just <laughs> that you, antisocial. If you cut through <laughs> like all the three two pipe you. stems, it was like a quarter what, mile. A two minute wa- walk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really, really close. I mean, yeah. But yeah, we, well, yeah, we, we lived close, but we didn't really hang out. So, <laughs> not until. We were in Grady going. together. Yeah. But we didn't. I think we had Mrs. Reyes together. Yeah. Yeah. Which I found out later means kings. Oh, interesting. Did you have the same bus stop? No. No? I didn't ride the bus in elementary. I walked. Every no, I, I walked, yeah. Mostly. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I did too. And then what middle school did you go to? <laughs> I would hope you t- we both went to Franklin. Okay. See, I, I, I guess we didn't have any classes in Franklin either. There was another story about <laughs> walking home from elementary school and <laughs> Joe was hanging out with another friend and they were talking about wrestling and they started talking Joe? about Bret Hart. Wrestling. They started talking about Bret Hart and, 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 you know, Ricky oh, yeah. Anvil Nightheart. And they were talking about the Hart Foundation. I didn't, I didn't know this. And they came up to me asking me, Hey, do you like the Hart Foundation? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess they help people with their hearts. I mean, is there an issue with, that I'm not aware of with the Hart Foundation? I- <laughs> you guys asking for donations? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. When a form of music that our children like becomes linked with ghoulish images and violent theatrics, it demands our attention. Hundreds of thousands of teenagers are locked onto so-called heavy metal music. I grew up metalhead. I love 80s. Yeah! 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 80s metal, like Metallica. Yeah! 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 
What do you call it? Well, this piece is called I Lick My Love Pump. It's gonna be abrasive, it's gonna be sickening, it's gonna be hard to listen to, it's gonna be aggressive, and it's gonna fucking kick you in the fucking balls with a pussy. These guys are 11. <laughs> All right. Obvious. Yeah, well, had to use that one, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> is this the 11th episode? Yeah. It sure is. Huh. So yeah, welcome back everybody to Somewhere in Time Podcast, episode 11, in case you hadn't figured that out by now. So it's again, it's been a little while, um, but uh, we got more Metallica stuff to talk about. Yes. Uh, yeah, last episode we talked about Justice, and and then we said, hey, people, give us your feedback. What were your experiences with Justice, and what are your stories based around that album? So... And they're gonna they're gonna make us read. They are gonna make us read. We got a lot of feedback, <laughs> which is great, and we really appreciate that. Give so, us yeah. more feedback on other albums if you want. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we never yeah. asked, really, did we? Not really. I mean, it was kind of. I was we hoping didn't, we but... didn't really want it, did we? <laughs> <laughs> Depends <laughs> on the album, maybe. Oh, <laughs> what was that yeah, Halloween album we did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us your stories about. Keeper of the seven, seven keys. Part when time, I time, I could deal for days with with you know people's personal experiences with King Diamond. I don't know about the four. <laughs> oh, brothers. I have. Yeah, that's me pushing off. It's my experience. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, it's funny because Tim, you posted something on Instagram the other day, which was Hallow's Eve, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It was just random. I was in my room. I was like, I'm gonna play an old. I just wanted to find an old album, and I. It was like, Hallow's Eve, yes! Yeah, we actually got one of uh, Chris from uh, this Maiden cover band that we know, uh, Eyes of the Nile. He was like, yes, that album rules. So, He's like, He says he loved every single note. On the, it's like one of his favorite albums. It's like he loves every single note on the entire album. Yeah, it's kind of random. And, I know, I'm like, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hallow's Eve, you don't know Hallow's Eve, Joe? Come on. I don't know how you can say that about every sing- single note. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I've never heard an album and like, I don't like that note. I've heard albums where I said like any of the notes. Yeah. <laughs> the album is Death and Insanity, in case anyone's wondering. Hey, I'm sorry. This sucks. Give me a second. My stupid uh, cat's being annoying. <laughs> 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 Don't kill it. Well, come in if you're coming. Please. <laughs> Please leave that on there. I was just worried that you'd be able to hear her. Oh, you couldn't hear me. You should leave that on there. <laughs> <laughs> And now she's going to jump on the desk and be annoying. <laughs> oh, she's going to start playing with your 40-foot <laughs> internet line. Yeah. Prob- uh, you know what? You're probably right. She, it's right there, right within her grasp. Is she the one that ate through your other one? No, that was probably Sam. Sam. Oh, it is delicious. Sam. <laughs> Did Steve tell you that's my chance? <laughs> delicious fiber optics. Steve. Steve. <laughs> so where, where, do we, where do we start? Um, do we want to just start going through? Actually, you know what? We should start with um, kind of where we left off from before with Justice. And we had mentioned on the previous episode they were they're going to release a remastered version of Justice in a huge box set, right? Yeah. And um, not not remixed. Not remixed. <laughs> remastered. <laughs> and <clears throat> yeah, so they they kind of announced what they announced the release date was November sixth or something like that. Third, or, I think. Yeah. So and they they've they did a whole unboxing thing and actually Tim has a, a really good story about about that. So yeah. I saw we'll take over. 
Yeah, so a while back, maybe like six months ago, there was an email from the Metallica Club saying if anybody has any like memorabilia, pictures, whatever, from both the Justice Tour and the Black Album Tour, um, send them to us, and maybe they'll be used in the uh, the box set. Sorry, the, the cat situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I um, we mentioned in the last podcast that we were fortunate enough, well, me and my brother Steve were fortunate enough to meet uh, Metallica on the Justice Tour, and Steve took pictures, and I still have the pictures, of course. So I scanned those pictures in, sent them to Metallica, the, the fan club, and didn't really think much of it. And then they asked me to sign a release form, and I said, okay, that's cool. So I did. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think anything else of that. I was like, well, I guess they're probably enough for anybody who submitted anything. I really didn't think they'd use the pictures. So didn't really hear back. So fast forward to a couple weeks ago, and Kirk from Metallica was flipping through was it well, online? Little, it was a you know a yeah, video it was an online of, of the new product. Yeah, was, an unboxing video, of video. Him unboxing the Justice box set, and I noticed he was going through the big the book that comes with it. He's going through that, and I said, I wonder if I could pause it or just watch and see if there's anything in there that looks familiar. And he's flipping through, and sure enough, I was like, that that's my picture. And I <laughs> paused it, and I was like, there's four of my pictures. <laughs> and I, I think they used five of my pictures that I'd sent in. So oh, when I box it, and you don't get any money for that. <laughs> no, I don't. Do you really need to? No, they have a lot of money. They, <laughs> they do some money. They do, and we don't. But well, I'm getting I'm getting the box set for free. Is the yeah, time. I guess that's How a about good that. Trip. Yeah, but you would have gotten <laughs> that said, anyway. Not, not for free. Not for oh, free. that's for the that's for the pictures yeah, yeah they emailed me oh. and they said actually i emailed them and i said hey i was going i was watching the video that kirk did of the unboxing and i noticed that my pictures are in there and they replied and they said yeah uh we used your pictures and as i think we were sending you a, a free box set <laughs> that's I was like, crazy oh, oh, what but just i mean that that's kind of secondary to being like you're in the fucking thing you would yeah, pay, you like, would pay four times the asking price just to yes <laughs> to be in like in a metallica album i mean it's me when i'm 17 i look like a dork but it doesn't matter yes it's <laughs> yes it's, you do <laughs> when i Total yeah, dork. well when i look that's back all right at, when i look, we all look like dorks how are you 17. blonde he uh, was kind of blondish I, mean, I don't know i think that was like just like um damaged hair <laughs> from, I remember from the pictures from when we saw them in 92 I mean I look back at those and I'm like wow I, <laughs> yeah. I see why I didn't have a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah there is that <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's awesome yeah I mean it's, it's insane so I mean I also sent in the pictures you should get the, five um, box sets for free they use five of your pictures uh, yeah but the pictures I sent in from the Black Album tour might be on in the uh, Black Album box set. I don't know. But that would include you, Joe, and Eric, Ooh. if the uh, if they use them. I'm imagining they're going to get a lot more pictures from that tour than the Justice tour. Yeah, they're a, yeah. It's a, bigger a little tour, more so. popular at that point. I don't yeah. want that picture in there. <laughs> <laughs> you can barely see me in that one. You're like, well, the one with James anyway. Me with Lars yeah. is like the picture is I look like I'm dead. And Lars is like, why the fuck am I even here? Yeah, so. it's a great picture. <laughs> and the one with me and James, you can see half my face. And yeah. Joe's really clear in that one. But I'm like yeah. hiding in the back. Like, I'm almost photobombing that one. I'm like, hey, I'm here yeah. too. Yeah. Was that guy's name Sean Kirkpatrick? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. He's Kirkpatrick. like in every single picture, clear as day. <laughs> Even like, the one with me and Lars, his head is popping in. Like, yeah. Like, what the f- How did this guy get in all the pictures? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he invented photobomb. 
He's like, this yeah. is never going to happen to me again. I have to make sure I'm in every single picture. He wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, no, that was that's awesome. I, you know, it's unbelievable. I, it's I'd be uh, lying if I said that's, that's cooler. My friend Jason Herding, he actually ended up in the video, I believe, for for forever where I may roam. Uh, which I believe was recorded at Cap Center. It was all over. It was all, it? It was all yeah, it was yeah. live footage from yeah. that tour. Yeah. But, but one way or another, he's, it kind of stinks because you can't tell it. I mean, I can tell it's him because I remember how bad his haircut was at the time. <laughs> you know, one of those you know, short on the top and kind of half mulleted back things. So one way nice. or another, yeah. He's sitting there just, just going crazy and headbanging. And, you know, he knows it was him because he remembers when the camera came up on him and he just went nuts. But uh, yeah. he actually well, there's ended a, there's up. There's a moment video. in that video where there's like a camera that goes right into some dude's face. Is that him? Because there's a, I know, I don't know. I know there's a, a moment specifically. Well, he probably, well, well, we can talk about that later and maybe it is. But I mean, there's, oh. he goes right into his face. There's two of his friends are like on either side of him going nuts. And he's just like headbanging right into the camera. Oh. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we uh, get into some of these? Yeah, um, let's get to other people's experiences. Yeah. yeah, cool. So I think the first one I'm going to do is actually was an audio clip that somebody sent. In. Um, our friend, uh, he calls himself this English Paul. So our friend English Paul, <laughs> <laughs> he sent in a uh, an audio clip. So let me uh, play that for you guys right now. <laughs> With my fucking cat. I know this. You're fucking here. You know what I'm gonna do? Ah, ah, there you go. I took my dog's cat bell off. Put this in here for now. Oh. It's funny because it's it's not really that big of a deal. It's kind of like oh, there's a cat in the room. Well, I don't she's even right in the front of my face now, and I can't see my monitor. So that's oh, that's an a issue. Problem. What the fuck are you doing? Another <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, big reason why I don't have pets. <laughs> allergies are the biggest reason but uh. well I love my cat I just I wish she would get her shit together and figure out what she's doing play right, let's play they're, this clip they're on. nocturnal nocturnal <laughs> yeah. animal they are she wants to fuck with your shit now mm-hmm. <laughs> alright here we go hello Metallica fans somewhere in time podcast this is English Paul 50 years old Metallica fan since 1986 when I found the Master of Puppets album in a record store and liked the cover. From the moment I put it on without acoustic guitar and then hitting those massive heavy riffs, I was sucked in. Big fan. Two years later, delighted with the new Justice album. Bought it on vinyl in all its glory put it on and found it to be the most wonderful metal of metalists things of the year very hard heavy riffs no nonsense band doing what they want to do long hard loud songs no pretense absolutely loved it in fact it's in my top two metal albums of all time I am old score I'm a metal purist, so stuff like Peace of Mind and uh, Justice for All um, are my two top metal albums. No real cursing, no silly spandex and fireworks and saw blades on the shoulders. This is down-to-earth metal. Um, 
the album kept me sane while I was uh, on tour, posted with the UN and the British Army in Cyprus. And I played uh, a bootleg cassette I bought out there for 10 months solid. Missed the tour because I was away on military business. Um, but uh, I got to see them through the, the Black Album. And uh, to my absolute delight, uh, during the sick of the tour, st- sick of the studio tour, um, 2007, they played and Justice for All live. Um, it was awesome. Metallica, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I get why they call him English, Paul. <laughs> Did you figure that out? Fucking awesome accent, man. <laughs> well, he's from. It's probably from, that time he's yeah. in Cyprus. But, but <laughs> they yeah, are right. all all English people don't have awesome accents. Well, true. Fucking well, he doesn't. He doesn't. What? Uh, we need to have him on, and he he needs to pretend he's uh, Steve Harris. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny about that? He was a like he knew where Steve Harris's house was when he lived in England. He, he was practically a neighbor of Steve Harris. That's why they sound the same, yeah. same same accent. He uh, actually he doesn't have him. that Dave Murray lisp. He was um, <laughs> he was on a on a Facebook group that I'm a member of. This uh, fans of Virginia craft breweries, and he posted a picture of one of my favorite beers and next to a stormtrooper helmet, and I saw like an Iron Maiden thing in the background, and I was like. Well, I needed to talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's he's into craft beers. He's into all the Star Wars, like. and he's into metal. Uh, yeah, if he'd had a cat that. there too, that would have been it. <laughs> <laughs> so he might yeah, have a cat. I don't know. What's that? Was he at the he, Iron Maiden show? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. You guys met him. Yeah. He, yeah. he showed up Briefly, with his son. Yeah. Uh, uh, his son was wearing the Kylo Ren, and he was wearing what yeah. was he wearing? Stormtrooper. Right? Stormtrooper. Yeah. 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 yeah so he he's a cool guy. Yeah. And that was very cool of him to send us a nice audio clip of his experience with Justice. And it's his favorite, one of his favorite albums ever. So it worked Top out Top two, he said. Top two, yeah, that and Peace of Mind. I don't get so. how Peace of Mind, but... Uh, I mean, the first uh, half of that album is near perfect. Quest for Fire? Uh, we can <laughs> yeah, that. that's, that's, a, different, that's a different podcast. <laughs> We're going to do our 35-year retrospective next. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right, so that was Paul. Um. Holy shit! Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. It's <laughs> a lot. I, we we should have Paul read all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It'd be a lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, you know what? I'll read one. Um, there's one. Uh, ch- our friend Charlie Kramer, who Joe and I were in a band with, uh, amazing guitar player. Uh, he sent me a little brief uh, note on it's Facebook. Bullshit! Saying, how good he is. <laughs> God. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, he said, hey, I saw him on that tour. It's a great show, and it was good to finally hear the bass. <laughs> he, said, he said, I felt like the album lacked low end. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, it was cool to hear them with Jason. I think this is an underappreciated album, and the first and last songs are among their best stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um... Tim, do you want to read what Angela said, our sister? Sure. Can you do uh, it? In, can you try to do her voice <laughs> in a British accent? Do her voice in a British accent? Yes, yes, with Dave Murray's accent. What? <laughs> How would you even do that? I don't know. Apparently, it out, it's Tim. a lisp. 
<laughs> and make Dave Murray's guitar face. While you're I can't do. Oh yeah, the like he's sucking on a lemon or something. I, I don't right. want to put right. my sister down. That's mean. No, just <laughs> do it. I, di- I didn't really expect you to do that. All right, maybe for somebody else. funny thing i don't think i knew you guys had a sister so (laughs) but she's in she lives in california so we don't see her that often yeah okay my brothers love the album and it was fun to see their enthusiasm i like to listen to the album a couple times with them it was a fun way to connect not my favorite music (laughs) but but i understood it was a big moment for metal lovers and it inspired me to try to love it like they did no luck, but it was fun. So <laughs> she liked her enthusiasm for it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was nice of her to write something. Yeah, you know? it was. That's very nice. Um, and you should probably read the next one. Who's, who's Brian Smith? Oh, Brian Smith's a guy that I trade or have traded um, a lot of metal shows with. And uh, ah, okay. I've authored some DVDs for him. And he's a big, big Metallica fan, big old school metal fan. Cool. He doesn't um, live in Nova, does he? No, he lives in uh, Illinois. Well, this says Chicago. He saw him in Chicago, so I assume he's, he lives in Chicago. Yeah, I've sent him so many things. I should know where he lives, but <laughs> 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 evidently he lives in Chicago. So he traded a lot of shows. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely he's definitely uh, had his collection grown because of what I have sent him. So. Uh, he said he saw this tour on November 17th, 1988, Chicago, Illinois, uh, UIC Pavilion with Queen, with Queen Strike. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, he says, I bought a tour program and some shirts. After that night, I collected their back catalog on LP and cassette. I called record stores all over the country looking for the whiplash, looking for whiplash on LP and cassette. I was driven and eventually found seven total. Wow. Wow. I look at it. I located picture discs and posters up to 1986. What a great part of my life. A lot of t-shirts, uh, but now they're worn out. So, And also, he, he also mentioned on Facebook that that show he went to in 88 was his favorite all-time concert. Yeah. I mean, that Justice Tour, it's it's up there for me just because it was my first time seeing him, too. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I totally understand. <laughs> that. Yeah, I agree, actually. My favorite Metallica show, my favorite concert was the March 9th, 89 show when I met them. So Yeah. Contact right. high and all. I still love this. I threw up. That's probably why you liked it the best. <laughs> that explains why you do so much drugs today. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be later on, but I think we, when we mentioned that, Mike, was it Todd, our cousin, our yeah. cousin-in-law? Yeah. Um, He's the one who got you the tickets. Yeah. And the drugs. Did he say something on Facebook about like, man, he loved him so much he puked. No, I think Joe said that actually. <laughs> I did say that. Yeah, he did say that. All right. Yeah, I was talking to Todd about that. We were, we wondered if um, maybe you threw up from being so excited. You're just like <laughs> so into it. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> what if you're just like well, belting out some lyrics, arms like in the air, and just all over the people in front of you. Your first exposure to marijuana smoke. But I was like, man. I think it's heroin you're supposed to throw up the first time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you every time. If <laughs> if, if I got that's the reason I up, like it. If I threw up from the smell of marijuana, I'd have I'd have to buy a pair a new pair of shoes after every single show. <laughs> well, it's the fact that the guy blew it right in my face too. Yeah, that's true. You know, like know. he was standing right next to me and he was right anyway. Yeah, 
Doesn't as uh, as Brian Ringett said, all of my insides wanted to be on my on my outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we should we read Todd's now since we're already talking about it? Sure. Yeah. And I got to give some props to Todd too because you know he got us he got us those tickets and he and he got us the album early. But it wasn't just that that he did. Like back in the day, and like geez, like from like eighty what eight to like the early nineties because he worked at that distribution place which he still works at. He would send us all three, sorts of shit. Yeah, like just tons and tons of stuff before it came out. Like we got we got Sepultura Arise early. We got Rust in Peace. Real got, Real Thing by Faith No More. Yeah, we got the first Primus album. Yep. D- Danzig two. Yep, yep. Is he gonna uh, get in trouble for no. <laughs> <laughs> this was twenty yeah. years ago. So I mean all this these albums he kept you get these like these little packages in the mail and you're like, Oh, I know what this is, you know, and you'd open it up and it was like just metal for free in the mail and you got these early fucking early. Like you got before yeah, the album was before came released, out. Yeah. I was like, Holy shit, this is unbelievable. And even stuff yeah. you didn't even know, you know, like we kind of discovered Faith No More and Primus because of him, because he's like, Hey, you might like this. Right. And it was, we didn't yeah. we didn't like it, and then we did like it. <laughs> right, yeah, we were like, eh, that album's okay. It's got like yeah. two good songs. And then yeah, we went back and, then, and we're like, Oh, actually it's really good. It's really fucking good. It's like a bonanza. Get that package, right? It's insane. It was, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's go to Todd uh, right here. So Todd's cool. Yeah, Todd's the man. So he says he remembers that album well. It was the first time uh, I'd really been a fan of their stuff, but I eventually went back to the earlier, earlier stuff at, at your suggestion, so we got him into the yeah. earlier stuff. He said he'd been dating our cousin Michelle for about a year, and I've been hanging around with you guys at the famous Swope Sunday get-togethers, which is my grandmother and grandfather, yeah. getting my metal education. <laughs> from your grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Not from us, no. Yeah. That's, uh, where do you think we got all of our metal education? Yeah, exactly. It's going to do the King Diamond. You guys grandma. love Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so he says, I believe it was early 89 when we went to that fantastic Injustice for All live show at the Cap Center. Um, yep that was July 89 so it was actually summer but uh, I sat next to Eric his first Metallica show I believe <laughs> and I had never heard anything louder and I still love up to that this day. yeah <laughs> oh, I thought he was talking about you <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was, was so maybe he was, was <laughs> I was screaming pretty loud the combo effect uh, he said he ended up shoving about half a roll of toilet paper in each ear to try to retain some hearing Eric was having none of that. <laughs> this is no. before and probably after he puked. Yeah. Uh, a really fantastic show. My first of several. Yeah. And yeah. I actually saw Metallica with Todd uh, in 2009 in Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Kind of cool to go back 20 years later and see a show with him. And Lemmy was at that show. Lemmy did a song. With oh, wow. Oh, that's, yeah. 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 That was very, very cool. Well, what he, what he said about them being super loud is, to this day, is true. I saw them, I saw Metallica, I think it was 2014. Uh, they did a, a memorial. Uh, it was a, the Concert for Valor is what it was called. I think it was Memorial Day and uh, or Veterans Day, I think. Anyway, it was them and like all these pop artists like um, Rihanna and all these other bands. I didn't care about anyone else, but I was just there for Metallica. And when they came on, I wasn't even anywhere where I could see them, but they were so loud that like... <laughs> They just they came out and they opened with whom the bell tolls and it was like, boom! Just that, <laughs> boom! I was like, holy shit! They are loud. <laughs> and then, of course, there was a news story that came out. They did another benefit concert in San San Francisco just like a week ago, 
And they were so loud there that neighbors were complaining <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> People were tweeting, what is this noise? Oh it's my too God. loud. <laughs> so, yeah, they're living Sorry. up to that reputation very well to this day. <laughs> Good. Okay, so here's an interesting one. Uh, this is from Shane Fisher, who was a neighbor of ours for a long time. And his is very brief. It just says, no offense, but it all went downhill from here. In my eyes, after Cliff, it was never the same. Although this album was pretty decent. <laughs> pretty decent? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, this album is just decent. Let's, let's, let's hit on that, but after we finish some of the... Uh, few, few more okay, ideas, okay. Yeah. Well, the next one is uh, from... I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this name. It's a friend of Keith's. Aftab. 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 Dada. Yeah. Dada. Yeah. Okay. Friend of mine from college. Um, Isn't his name Joe? Well, he went by Joe because it's a lot easier to say. Yeah. Like when he was meeting everybody in college, but his real name is Aftab. So. Who knew? Hey, Aftab. Keith, if you want to read this, you're welcome to. Well, I'll read it. Mm -hmm. I, well, in his voice. He could, <laughs> uh, it, well. Just gonna say, you know, meeting Joe in college or meeting Aftab in college, uh, you know, like he, I was always wearing my minor threat shirt and he was always wearing his Husker Du shirt and we always looked at each other and then when we got together, all we talked about was metal and then we talked about punk and everything else. But right, people listening, go buy that new Voivod album. <laughs> yes, Jesus. holy shit! All right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, clutch, get clutch too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get the new suicidal. I mean, it's good. Maybe not as good as the rest of those. I mean, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> I didn't know they had one. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, I Wait, forgot. this is the one you were talking about when we were talking about their album? Like, hmm. back when we I, did Yeah, yeah. It. The just, one that he said that we probably wouldn't like. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought you said we wouldn't like it. Well, you guys, yeah, it's, it's a punk album. I mean, it's 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 thrashy, but it's definitely got more It's okay. Content. I listened to a little bit of it. The drums are awesome. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's Dave Lombardo. I mean, right. <laughs> But, uh, all right, one way or another. All right, so my friend Aftab says, uh, I was in eighth grade. This was the album that every one of my friends and I immediately fell in love with without explanation. Every listen was a new experience. We couldn't listen to it again and again. We could listen to it again and again, whether it was in a parking lot at Dairy Queen or in anybody's room. Uh, let me say that one more time. That's all right. Whether it was in a parking lot at Dairy Queen or in anybody's room, first time we all respected an entire album without anybody demanding respect. After that, they went immediately to shit. <laughs> Fuck you, Lars! There seems to be a theme here. Wow. On one way or another, Aftab and I were good friends in, in college, uh, listened to a lot of metal together. The next one we're talking about is uh, my old roadie. Uh, Will, you were big enough to have a roadie. Yeah, we had a roadie. We we they, wow. they went on tours. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> never as much as any of the bands were talking about. We were low level bullshit, but hey, we had a lot of fun and, and drank a considerable lot of beers. But one way or another, my friend Will, uh, he commented that uh, first time I heard this album was the first time I also smoked weed, just <laughs> like Eric. Another another running theme. <laughs> so he threw up. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't. Well, at least for Will, it's here. It's all during a Boy Scout camping trip. So, yeah. Right. So, the first time you heard the album was also when he smoked weed during a Boy Scout tra <laughs> camping trip. That's some. That's, that's some. a lot to take in. Yeah. It is. Well, 
he, he finishes with Harvester of Sorrow was one of the first songs of theirs I learned on guitar. Same. <laughs> Will actually played a couple songs with us every once in a while while we were touring. So yes, he's cool. a guitar player. Yeah, that's that was. I think that was the first song I learned off of Justice. Just because it was, I was again, I was I was just learning guitar, just picking it up, and uh, I took that to my guitar teacher. It was like the second song I took to my guitar teacher. So, um, let's see, who's Michael Weiss? It's the skater that uh, <laughs> has a gold medals. I mean, he uh, went to Woodson. I was in his <clears throat> sophomore no, year. Wrong. <laughs> no, no, I'm not kidding. I, Michael yeah, Weiss, wrong. it might not be that. I <laughs> went to, to high school with Michael Weiss, the skater, and was okay. in uh, was in gym class with him. Well, he we was, believe you. He, when okay. he started talking about ice skating, like the rest of the class is all like, what do we do? It's true. <laughs> what is wrong with you guys? Yeah. Uh, well, one way or another, there and, was, no, and was another guy. The, the Red was, Power Ranger as well. Went to with the Red Power I sat, no, really. I sat on a lunch table with him in the eighth grade. Um, that's another story. Does, does he like Metallica? <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah. It seems like you would. <laughs> Did he share a story? So Michael Weiss. So who else knows Michael Weiss? This other Michael Weiss is uh, another guy I traded Metallica shows with. Oh, you know him. So yeah, he's oh, a friend of mine. Okay. Another Facebook guy from uh, the early 2000s when I was trading Metallica shows left and right. He says, he says I was introduced to Metallica by seeing the video of Nothing Else Matters from S and M on MTV Two back in two thousand. Wow, that's a wow. Holy interesting. Holy shit! Yeah, that's a, yeah, that is an interesting way to be introduced to them. Man, Wait, is he twelve? <laughs> he might have been then. He might be pretty young. Yeah. He's probably yeah, because we're old. He, yeah, yeah. He said he liked it and started searching for other songs and albums. Was in for a shock when I found the real Metallica. <laughs> Again, uh, there's that theme. There it is. Uh, Justice is my second favorite album behind Puppets, but Blackened is simply brilliant. True. I listened to, just, to Justice about 200 times since 2000. It never gets old, even with the shitty sound. <laughs> Poor Jason, bass cut out, all the hazing, respect to him, lasting as long as he did. All in all, Justice is a great album. Love hearing the songs live. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting way to... That's the, end of the, the like back way, back door way yeah, to get into that. Definitely, that's interesting. In. I mean, I've I've met some people who are, you know, about ten years younger than me, and and it kind of, it's interesting because a lot of times some of their favorite stuff is the later Metallica stuff. Like I, yeah. um, uh, one of the bands Joe and I when uh, A Track Jones, the bass player that actually replaced Joe, this guy Paymon, um, he he got into them in around around ninety four or ninety no, it was like late nineties, like ninety seven, and it was Load. It was his first album, and he loved that album. And every time we talked about Metallica, he was like, "I don't know, man. They, they'll never top Load." <laughs> it was like always his favorite album. So <laughs> I, I get what you're saying because I mean, there are certain bands where I'm just like, I do the same thing where I'm just like, "Bad Religion's the best example." I'm like, "Oh man, Generator!" And everyone looks back at me like, yeah, we've, we've mentioned it on this what? podcast where yeah. you where you come in is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Where you so. your your gateway drug is a big deal. So but that was just one example. I've met other people who said the same thing. Like they'll get into Metallica from a certain point. You know, they may be yeah. in their thirties now. You know, as, as opposed to us in our forties, and they're you know, they really dig the uh, the later stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so Brian Foley, how do you know him? Brian Foley, I went to high school with Brian Foley. He was like my only oh, one yeah. of my only uh, friends in high school, and he was in Old Jack's class. Remember the Old Jack story from I don't know what episode it was, but 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, old Jack. Yeah, old Jack. Good old Jack. There you go. Man, he touched my penis. See? He knows. (laughs) He remembers that. (laughs) How can you forget that? How can you forget that? (laughs) So I was in a class with Brian Foley with that guy. Uh, (laughs) This story is already ruined. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, sorry, I, almost, I almost just spit all over my keyboard <laughs> Alright right, Sorry Brian Foley uh, He says I think this was the album that brought them into the mainstream music industry Yeah I'd say so yeah. Yeah. Uh, MTV played the shit out of one Which we've talked yep. about mm-hmm. It was always on Headbangers Ball uh, I began listening to them during the Master Puppets album and quickly grew to love this one as well. <laughs> Tim was always talking about Metallica and Old Jack's class. There you go. And I think he played some of this album during class, which I did, because I remember I said in the other podcast that one of our assignments was to make a mixtape. So, of course, Plenty of Metallica was on my mixtape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had uh, I the Beholder was a song he was talking about. Um, I'm sure we listened to it when we went to the Headbangers Ball Tour in Baltimore, Maryland. Good times. So, yeah, we went to see um, Anthrax, Exodus, and Halloween in Baltimore on the first MTV Headbangers Ball Tour. So me and Brian and Steven went to that show. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Hi, Brian Foley. (laughs) (laughs) Did he have long blonde hair? No. Okay. I'm thinking of something else. Was it somebody else? Brown hair? (laughs) You keep guessing. I think it was brown (laughs) hair, yeah. Eventually (laughs) you're right. Did they have blue hair? (laughs) It was was brown hair. (laughs) I knew it. I remember him. Yeah. Uh So, um... Michael Moran, I know him. He is, it's funny, he's a comedian, um, but he also plays music. And he, um, so he and, um, I mentioned earlier, Chris from Eyes of the Nile were doing a Metallica tribute thing. And they called me to play guitar, um, but it was in Baltimore on a Wednesday night. I was like, eh. And it was like, so they were doing a... This is another guy who loves the load era of Metallica, and they wanted to do something that was like a tribute. It was like I think it was called um, Short Hair Metallica tribute or something like that. Something like that. So yeah. it was it was like all load and everything from like load to um, Saint Anger, basically, right? So, and they and I was like I was interested, but I couldn't do it. So um, I actually called my friend Justin, who we'll talk about him a little bit here. Um, and then he ended up playing with us in that uh, damaging co- damage intoxicated, which is that. Um, Virginia Fuel tribute band. Virginia Fuel is a local Virginia chapter of the Metallica fan club. So it all kind of ties together. Um, anyway, Michael Moran's a bass player. And he said, um, so he says, somehow in the summer of 95, when I was almost 14, I ended up having to go without from my beloved, I'm sorry, I ended up having to go without my beloved cassette collection for the whole season. I won't bore you with the details, but basically we were moving and had to stay at my aunt's for a while and my stuff was stored away. When I realized I needed to scrape together my quarters and dollar bills and get something to listen to, I chose Injustice for All. This was a bit of a risk as I was yet to be sold on all things Metallica. I love the Black Album, but feared the older, harder stuff may not be my thing. I knew one and liked it, so I went for it. That album soon became my nightly ritual. I was friendless in this new town and bored in my aunt's basement, and justice filled me with excitement and stimulated my in, stimulated my imagination. Before that, I was nervous about music that didn't fit into classical pop format, um, but the sounds on justice were so captivating. I didn't get bored between verses and choruses. In a way, I had never experienced 
these musical arrangements were tapping into my emotions and psyche. I remember being stunned by how touched... I'm sorry, I remember being stunned... I remember being stunned by how touched by the songs of To Live Is To Die Without Lyrics. Oh, that's a weird sentence. I remember being stunned by, by how touched by the sounds... Basically, he was he was stunned at how touched he was by the sounds of To Live Is To Die Without Lyrics. Yeah. He uh, was touched by the fact that it was the song dedicated to Cliff, the incredible yes. bassist that passed away. Yeah, he says the intro to Blacken felt like I was in, I was tapping into some new kind of dimension. Um, a lot of people seem to think of Justice as a very angry, frenzied album, but to me it felt soulful and electrifying. It was like a magic trick done with guitars and drums that were the payoff, where the payoff was acknowledging emotional parts of myself. That summer, I went from a casual Metallica fan to a true believer in the psychological power of music. <laughs> yeah, I know why you're laughing. Believer. <laughs> true believer. True believer. I'm the I'm you betrayed sheep. Hey, well, this guy has never listened to the show again. <laughs> he's, a com- he's a comedian. I, know, I was going to say he should have been on here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I do want to do something. Here. I do want to do something with him later because yeah, he has a he has a podcast too. So um, we might do something with him later down the road. And Steve Harris, I hear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he said, looking back, Justice is not my favorite Metallica album. It's amazing, but it does kind of seem a little less authentic than others in ways. It kind of feels like they were trying hard to prove themselves as being the darkest, the most intellectual, intellectual, <laughs> and the most complicated of the thrash bands. And lyrically, the news rock, in quotes, feel made me feel smart as a kid, but comes off a little silly today. What does that mean? Uh, like the I don't know, topical... they got too political. And topical. I mean, it definitely was a bit of a political album, but uh, I can't fathom calling it news rock. No, it was probably less directly political than almost every thrash album. Let's though. face it, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, there was nothing big going on there except for I don't know the, the Bush election. <laughs> yeah, I mean the PMRC is is obviously uh, that was yeah. happening, but it was a joke. I mean, yeah. it, it was it was a paycheck for so many of these metal bands. Well, I think they and then, touched on the same stuff that all the thrash bands did. Yeah, the they judicial didn't, system. They were. The I, I like James's lyrics, though they're not as they're they're not really specific, so they can apply right. to a lot of situations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, they're he, he says um, he says don't get me wrong, it's a solid A, just a few notches shy from being a a, a plus. Um, he says ultimately, Justice showed me how powerful rock music can be. It can go beyond fun and anger and excitement, and can be almost spiritual. So. And I get that. Absolutely, I get that. So, um, very cool story, Michael. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing. I feel like I'm an elementary school teacher or something. <laughs> it's like show that was tell. very good. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Yeah. This guy is completely drunk and on high. And, uh, and oh, thank you so much. It could be an AA meeting. I was doing drugs. Oh. <laughs> Were you headbanging well? Sure. <laughs> Maintain good posture. <laughs> right. I Clearly, I wasn't high-banging well. I have a terrible back. I threw up. <laughs> <laughs> I threw up. Uh, all right, Jake DeLong. Who knows Jake DeLong? Me. Is that another bootleg trader? It is. 
Uh, although I, I met him in person in Chicago when I was out there in 2009. Um, really good guy. Uh, guitar player, artist kind of guy. So he says, okay, so my Justice for All story may have actually changed Metallica history. Oh, what? Unbelievable. I used to know a guy named Alex who had a site called allmetallica.com, which I do recall that site, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and him became good friends through the, through the internet, and he asked me for advice on what album he should listen to. I told him Injustice for All. I don't know why. It's not even my favorite album or in the top three, but I I just have been pumped on one in Harvester at the time, so he was way into Justice at the time. Okay. So I listened to it and loved it. Even though the dude has a website, I take credit for really getting him into the band. It is weird that he has a, a had a domain called allmetallica.com and had never even heard of Justice Well, you could probably because he would, <laughs> yeah, it's a website. You listen to Load and Reload and all of that <laughs> stuff because that's, that's when the internet was happening. Huh. But that's not all Metallica. Jay. <laughs> yeah. That's like half Metallica.com. <laughs> Some Metallica. Maybe that domain was. He created a website. <laughs> yeah. Sometime in the late 90s, I promise Metallica.com. <laughs> I owned Xerox.com. Guess what? I don't involve, I'm not involved in that company at all. Specifically 1991 through 1997, Metallica.com. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little long. <laughs> the eye makeup ears. Black2Reload.com. Yeah, right. I don't, I mean, yeah. Anyway, so here's the cool part, in my opinion. That all happened around the early 2000s. This dude attended the MTV Icon, which was, did you guys, do you guys remember that? No. I'm yes. Sure, yeah. It was terrible. It was, the only good part was the very end when Metallica actually played. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was otherwise awful. That was when Snoop Dogg did uh, Sad But True. Sad But True. Oh. Holy Av- shit. Avril Lavigne did a uh, few. Oh, yeah, I think I remember. Oh. Yeah. You know I think Kid Rock did something. Oh, yeah. it's awful. oh, Kid Rock. Yeah, Kid I'm glad Rock. I never watched that channel. Red yeah. Biscuit did Sanitarium. Oh, of course they, they did. did. Because <laughs> that. Because of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Sanitarium, in my eyes, is the best Metallica song. And of course, that's the one those fucking jackasses did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I thought Fuck you, you like, Lars. Well, that, just, that fits Limp Bizkit <laughs> What does Lars have to do with <laughs> Fuck you, Lars. <laughs> He's trying to top the last episode. Man, a lot. Yeah, he, there was a quota. I think he didn't make it. So right, you got at least twenty more to go. Right. <laughs> All right. It's cool. So, it's more effective every time he says it. Yeah. More power. <laughs> okay. So okay. So he's, he's at uh, MTV Icon, and this this dude, the All Metallica Half Metallica dot com guy, <laughs> says he uh, he snuck in an, an audio rig, and his recordings are frantic, which is the first song on San Anger. Sounded so awful that Metallica moved the release date of San of San Anger up by five days. I remember that. Yeah. I think my suggestion of Injustice for All to this future Metallica superfan could have changed a piece of Metallica history is amazing to me. So, uh, there's more to the story, I thought. Oh, no. oh. maybe you took it out, Eric. Did you scroll down? <laughs> I did. Hmm. I didn't mean to. Sorry. Well, um, basically, he just said that um, Metallica were so upset that this this bootleg was out there, frantic, that they they're like, let's put the album out now so people can hear it properly. And then he said people were just about as disappointed as they would have been, <laughs> whether it's a bootleg or not. Then they, oh, yeah. The album came out and they're like, oh. "I was like, what is this? Why does it sound like that?" That bootleg sounded pretty good, actually. <laughs> well, the bootleg had a proper snare, probably. So. Yeah. <laughs> Although Keith, I think Frantic's a pretty fucking good song. Have but. you heard any of that album, Keith? 
It's funny. I've been actually trying to listen to or trying to stomach all of the post-black album Metallica. I didn't bother wasting my time with that one. Fuck you, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> no, time on Kirk himself. I was. Uh, I noticed an interview with him, uh, like where he flat out he himself was just like, "Yeah, fuck." It me. was definitely their shit sandwich album. That is. That's well, that's like the. Uh, James is in rehab. This is yeah, like, it was a weird time for them. That I mean, broken from the point. Yeah, J- well, after Jason left, like from that point on until probably till Death Magnetic in two thousand eight, they were in a weird, weird spot. I mean, you know, Saint Anger, the album itself is not great. Um, they probably didn't really get a groove going with Rob until like two thousand four, two thousand five. After he'd been in the band for a little while, he wasn't even on that they, album, right? No, no, no Bob he, Rock Bob played bass yeah. on that album, but. Like, like they brought him in for the video clips or something yeah, for the right. fucking movie, but he was yeah he didn't record a second of that album. No. Yeah. But that album, well, I'm sure this is true with Eric too. When that album came out, I, I listened to it like every day, no, straight, non-stop. For, yeah, nonstop for like yeah. a month, just straight, just way into yeah. it. And I played it the other day, and now there's a nostalgia attached to it. It's weird. It's been 15 years, so yeah, I know. You're like, holy shit. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I don't hate the album. No, I don't, it's, it's not their really best, but uh, there's got some good songs on it. It's, yeah. Well, you would it's, say it's their worst, or no? It, yeah, it's their worst. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's their worst. It's, I would. It's easy. Just, what else would you consider it to be their worst? Mm. Uh, kill them all. I like really? people. People like people pick say, on me for that, but I'd say reload. Ah, uh, yeah, you're probably right. Reload. Yeah, I kind of like has, reload too. Not not all of it, but there's a yeah. lot of good songs. I'd also say load. No, nah, load's great. Death magnetic. What? Death magnetic. Awesome. Oh, what? Wait, hardwired is awesome too. Have you heard yeah. the last hardwired, two albums? Hardwired, death drop, definitely. That sucks. What? Are you What's just? That? He's just. <laughs> wait, wait, gotta, he's just doing that thing. Yeah. He's being. He's he's being a heel right now. I think. I think he actually listened to them. He's being Jesse Ventura. I did, I did. I mean, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Of all of the, and I was hoping to save on this because uh, <laughs> seriously, I would honestly have to say my favorite, Death Magnetic, of all the the, the post black. Yeah, I, I mean, and let's face that it. Makes I mean, sense. What? Yeah. But one way or another, let's let's get into that. I want I want to concentrate on what everyone else is talking about. Okay. The last album, all and right. then let's get into that. Okay. Then you can but, mash. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's let's. Okay. We'll go in order. So Jeff, we'll start with Jeff. Jeff is the chapter head of the Virginia Fuel um, fan club, Virginia chapter of the fan club. Um, he's been running it for a while. He basically puts all all these events together that go around. He's been on stage with Lars. Um, they pulled him up on stage. Uh, they were doing a thing on, on one of their tours recently where Lars would pick someone out of the audience and have him come up and count in Seek and Destroy, right? And just yeah. hit his China four times. Psh, yeah. psh, 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 and then they start Seek and Destroy. And he, he it was backstage that show too. And he was talking to Lars. And he's been to like, he'll travel all over the place to see this band. It's it's crazy how, how, how much uh, he'll spend <laughs> see Metallica oh in different God, places. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so he uh, his story is as follows. <laughs> uh, he says, my musical tastes before I started listening to Metallica were not very good and in some cases downright embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't listen to hardly any music back in 1988, maybe top 40 radio every once in a while. I only owned a few cassette tapes back then. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Mariah Carey, Yes, I bought her debut album. And Millie Vanilli. Yep, the one that they were lip syncing on. <laughs> the only cassette tapes that I can remember owning back... Are, those are the only cassette tapes I can remember owning back then. That all changed in the summer of 1988. 
My friend Colin, who played guitar and was really into heavy metal, gave me a copy. I'm sorry, gave me a couple of cassettes, cassette tapes back of this band Metallica. The albums were Master of Puppets and Injustice for All. Maybe he gave me Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning. I don't really remember, but Puppets and Justice are the ones I really remember, and I listened to the most back in 1988. I was instantly hooked, and I've been a diehard Metallica fan ever since. I just remembered listening to those two albums over and over and over that summer and fall. Sure, Puppets is my favorite Metallica album, and pretty much the majority of Metallica fans' favorite too, but man, Justice is a close number two. Some days I like it more than Puppets. Sure, Justice is pretty much just rhythm and guitar and drums, but man, those Hetfield riffs. I just fucking love all the riffs on every song on Justice. Blackened has always been and continues to be one of my favorite Metallica songs. It just gets my adrenaline pumping every single time I listen to it. I never, ever, ever, ever get tired of listening to that song. Uh, in my opinion, it's probably the best opening song that Metallica has played at their concerts. Great way to open a show. Back when I played football at Virginia Tech, Metallica was always on my Walkman playlist before the game while waiting in the locker room. And Blackened was always on the playlist. Puppets usually gets all the fame and glory as being Metallica's best work, and rightfully so, but I think Justice deserves to be right up there as Metallica's best, too. Me, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that kind of mirrors what you were saying last episode, yeah, Tim. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes your favorite. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I don't know if I, I mean, I, 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 Puppets is just so good that I can't ever, yeah, I I can't ever say anything's better than that. There's no way anybody, any true fan, hey, well, I mean, I mean, let's face it, you even, you know, you say, yeah, sometimes injustice, but it's always sometimes, You, you can never discredit Puppets, Puppets as an album, as, as a piece of Start, art. Oh, it's yeah. just, I mean, it's near perfect. I mean. For me, I think a lot of that has to actually do with the bass, believe it or not, because yeah. I love a lot yeah. of what Cliff is doing on that album. Um, and, you know, you can point to Orion and you can point to the beginning of Damage Incorporated, but there's also little intricacies that he does in like puppets and yeah. other songs like that that really, really make that album for me. And that's coming from a guitar player. <laughs> Wish you could hear him better on it, though. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's the theme of yeah. all those albums. Well, Kill Em All, you can hear the bass very well. Yeah. True. <laughs> you can't really hear anything very well on that album. No, I think it's... <laughs> it, it, it doesn't the production sound... Quality it doesn't is, sound good, but it's yeah, the yeah. mixing, you can hear everything. Well, let's go and get into uh, War and Peace. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know the original title of that book was going to be War, What Is It Good For? (laughs) All right, Matt Stone. What is that that from? It's from Seinfeld. I I was going to say Friends. No, I thought it was uh, fucking South Park. Oh. All right, Justin. So, Tim, do you want... (laughs) Oh, God. All right. (laughs) I, you know, I can take over if you want me Not, to. Well, I'll, let's try. I don't know. This is again. It's like elementary school. You share a page. Uh, Each person does a page. Yeah, I haven't done any so, here, but is, I don't know anybody of these people. Holy shit! Yeah, so, yeah. Now, Justin, it's oh, because you, you you didn't join social media until yesterday. <laughs> Justin is a another huge fan. He's also in the Virginia Fuel. The uh, and he's a member of the Damaging Toxicated Band yeah. uh, that right. Tim and I played with. Do you want me to give me give a shout on this one? Huh? Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, he, so he he, 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 he plays, will listen to this too, by the way. 
Oh yeah, he's so don't a, screw he this up. Because <laughs> he what? He's a very good guitar player. He does lead guitar in, in the band. He's very really good. So Northern Delaware <laughs> in the seventies and eighties in a world, despite being right in the middle of Philly and Baltimore, was a weird mix of rural, suburban, college, and urban life, all within a radius of about twenty miles. In a world, <laughs> Amish to the north, farmland to the south. City to the east, college town in the west. <laughs> there wasn't a lot to do for young teenagers who couldn't drive yet, so we spent a lot of time in our local woods, mostly fishing in the nearby river. My friends and I would occasionally run into a group of older 16 to 25 year old metalheads who would hang out in those woods. Drinking, smoking, and blasting thrash metal from the cars. <gasps> they introduced us to bands like the Big Four pretty early on, 1985 or so. I really took a liking to Megadeth. But didn't really catch on to Metallica until much till around late 87. In the summer of 88, my uncle took me to see Van Halen. Monsters of Rock Tour, JFK Stadium in Philly. That was the first time I heard Harvester of Sorrow. And the show overall turned me into a die-hard Metallica fan. When the album came out, it kicked off my freshman year of high school, and my school clothes shopping had consisted of nothing but Metallica shirts and jeans. I didn't know they made Metallica, Metallica jeans. <laughs> but I don't think that's what he meant, but yeah, yeah. we get you. I, I think that Joe's and Eric's wardrobe at the time was pretty much the same. Mine was too, yeah. Still is. All right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm wearing right now. What the hell? All right. Exactly. All right. <laughs> so by this time, these older metalheads in the woods were growing into quite a large group. They'd have bonfires, moshing around the fire to blacken. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Carving carving Slayer and pentagrams into trees. Okay, I thought it was, they were going to say arms. <laughs> and, uh, spray, <laughs> and spray painting the names they'd given their clan onto anything and everything. If I recall correctly, and I probably won't, it was called the Coventry Militia. Coventry was the name of the neighborhood we lived in. At this point, the parents were starting to take notice. One day that fall, the local newspaper showed up with a front-page headline. Devil worshippers congregate in Coventry Park. Wow. I thought it was hilarious. I do, too. Me, it, too. It had a picture of all of us hanging out and everything, but they were serious. This led to the police harassing anyone in the metal t-shirt for pretty much the rest of my teenage years. My local church insisting that we not wear those t-shirts etc. Anyway, around March of 89, I convinced my mom to drop myself and a friend off to see Metallica with Queen Drake at Philly Spectrum, well, a venue I never got to go to. <laughs> they pick us up afterward. After walking up to the arena, I saw police tape around a guy lying on the ground in his own blood. People just hanging out like he wasn't even there. <laughs> Inside the arena... It was a madhouse. You could tell people were just looking for trouble. Whenever they could find it, while roaming the hallways, I went to the bathroom. You sound like Dave Mustaine. 
before the show so I wouldn't have to go later. (laughs) When I walked into the bathroom, there was a guy leaning his back against the wall with his eyes closed. I could Uh tell he was pissed drunk. He slowly, almost like it was slow motion, fell forward without even attempting to stop himself. (laughs) He slammed into the ground face first. It sounded like a piece of meat slapping onto a table. Again, a puddle of blood, and nobody seemed to care. Ah, Philly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The show was awesome. For years, I talked about how they played La Bamba. What? Yeah. At some point, nobody even believed me. At one point, fans were ripping the seats out of the arena and throwing them onto the stage. James got pretty pissed off and told them to stop, or they'll never play. let us play here again. Then I remember James making one of his jokes about uh, your picking uh, about your mom picking you up outside, and it was true. <laughs> we left, and I heard them start playing uh, Bread Fan. Yeah, Bread Fan. Yeah, Bread Fan. All right, whatever the hell Bread Fan it's is. It's a budgie. cover, budgie cover. Yeah, come on, man. Had, all right, Bread Fan behind me. By the way, here's proof I wasn't crazy. <laughs> The coolest part of the tour was that uh, they were determined to play all 50 states. Delaware, having had enough of this metal shit, would not let them play at their new outdoor NASCAR stadium, Dover Downs. So Metallica were forced to play at a legendary bar in Newark, Delaware, called Stone Balloon. Now, famous bands had played there a lot throughout the 70s and 80s, most of them classic rock and southern rock and a few modern rock and post-punk. It's a small venue, probably held less than 200 people. However, between Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, and the Philly area, thousands and thousands of people (laughs) wanted in. And to most of us who grew up there, this was just freaking amazing that this band was in our little town. The streets of Newark that day, or uh, it's not Newark, it's uh, Newark. Uh, My my sister-in-law went to University of Delaware, and I forget how to fucking pronounce it. Newark is fucking New Jersey. They pronounce it differently in Delaware. One way or another. Glad you're on this show. Yeah, Yeah, hey man, the streets of whatever the hell the name of that town is, that day were filled with Metallica fans. You could hear the band inside playing and people in the streets were cheering and singing along like they were at an outdoor show. James took the drums, Lars sang, Kurt played bass, Jason played guitar. They just had fun on stage. The band hung out with the fans outside all day and night, sing- signing autographs, drinking, petting dogs. They were just <laughs> one of the crowd for the day. Months later, when the tour ended, I read an article in Hit Parader <laughs> where Metallica claimed their favorite place to play on the tour was Newark, Newark however the fuck you say it, Delaware. And that, they'd never seen as many Metallica fans anywhere in the world. That was a proud moment for me. But believe me, many of those people were listening solely to rap music and shunning (laughs) metal within a few years. (laughs) Regardless of upcoming box set for Injustice for All that launches this November will include the Stone Balloon Show. Uh, Hopefully on video, and I would love to see if they have footage from outside. 
Uh, here's some info on the stone balloon, and has a little blurb about Metallica. And he posts a little link about that. We should definitely and that, throw that on our social media. That stone balloon show will be on video in the box set, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Can't wait to see that. Well, thank you, Justin. That was a cool story. Absolutely. That was a pretty cool story. It was. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. And you tell it so well, Keith. <laughs> Dramatic With such enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a fine story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you told it so well. <laughs> oh, it's such a lovely story. Right. Yeah. This one is specifically written to Tim. That's right. That means yes. All right. Uh, Joanna Corbin, she's a Virginia Fuel person. Yep. Uh, known her for a long time. Um, she says, I don't have much that's all that special, but I will share my personal memories. Uh, number one memory. I remember buying this album on vinyl from my high school boyfriend for his birthday. What he really wanted was a nice diamond tip needle cartridge for his turntable, and he got one for me. Woohoo! But it was a tiny package, so I threw him in, threw in an album to go with. Uh, the potentially cool part is I distinctly remember it being a double album. That's true, it was. Yeah. There was a round sticker on the shrink wrap that said, in what I'd call James font, you know, that his handwriting style, you know, the scribbly. Mm-hmm. Something like, we tried putting all this music on one album, but it sounded like shit. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I, think, I, didn't, I remember that. There was a sticker that yeah. said that. It was like, it's a double album because it's too long. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, memory. Uh, for me, I, for me, I was content with ye old '80s cassette. I would come home from high school and play it on really loud volume and lie on my, my bed listening. Invariably, I would fall asleep, which is kind of strange. strange. The first few times I did it, I'd wake up later and wonder how, and wonder even myself how I could fall asleep when I, it was so loud. But I guess listening to Metallica really loudly can be super relaxing to a metal fan. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to bed listening to Metallica. Yeah, me too, all the time. Uh, number three, Emery. I remember the one video coming out on MTV and how badass it was. Yes, we talked about that. They'd even yeah. played a long version in those days. Yeah, the long version. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. I think I have the, the only good version. I think I well, have that I mean, vinyl that's not opened yet. Let's see if that writing's on there. I don't, oh, really? I don't think it would be a re-release. I'd be surprised. I had that sticker somewhere, though. I, I saved it. Yeah. So we have two more. Uh, Ryan Westcott. Ryan is another guy who's played with us in Virginia Fuel. I don't think Tim, you've played with him actually. Maybe you did. Yeah, we played with. He played with us um, in the April 20, 2017. Seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That jam. So yeah, he plays bass um, uh, in in Damage Intoxicated. Uh, good guy. So. Uh, he says, I heard the album the same time and the same way I came to all of Metallica's music. Went from listening to none of it or only what I had heard on the radio but didn't know was them to getting the S&M album for Christmas in college to running a mandatory Metallica hour every week on a college radio station. That one disc intro to the band turned into an insatiable appetite for all things Metallica. Through all that, Injustice for All remains an enigma, a paradox for me, like Ride the Lightning. My two least favorite albums by the band with some of my most favorite songs on uh, songs of all time. One is still the only track from this disc that stays in heavy rotation for me. No coincidence that it's the only one that's also performed on S&M. But as I've started to play more Metallica than just listen to it, I've opened up to some new favorites. So I'll give the podcast a listen with open ears. 
<laughs> well, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. So he's saying, a Justice for All and Red Lightning are his least Metallica. Yeah. His least favorite Metallica. He's, he's saying pretty much all of the shit Metallica is good. <laughs> he's wrong. And, uh, I can't uh, comprehend. Probably educate himself. I can't that, comprehend that those two albums being the puppets least. and uh, lightning and kill them all and justice for all are really all you need to listen to. Well, um, but again, this he he got into them around two thousand. Like, yes, he started listening to yeah. them when music the sucked. <laughs> all music but sucked in two. To my to my point that I was making earlier, it's you know people who got into them later. At least some people tend to gravitate toward those albums that came out in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. It sounds like S&M is his favorite album, which is interesting. It is interesting, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't have Justice this album. for All is... I don't have this on vinyl, just for the record. What? Justice? Yeah. Oh, okay. I do, but I don't... It was... I bought it recently, so I didn't have that shrink wrap. Like, I don't know, sure. know if they S&M. reprinted that on there or what. What's that, Keith? Uh, all right, let's... I mean, the discography, you know, you got Load, Reload, uh, St. Anger, Death Magnetic, uh, uh, Hardwired. 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 W- what's S&M? S&M came out in 2000. It was a 99. Symphony in Metallica is what it stands for. Oh, yeah, 99, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it's when they, they performed with the, what, San Francisco All right. What album did yeah. Michael Kamen was just the random tracks? It was just... Yeah, it's a live album. Yeah, just a... Yeah, it's a live album of all their uh, a collection of all their stuff. They had two originals on it that I think are really good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Minus absolutely. Human and No Leaf Clover. Or yeah. I shouldn't say original. They're all originals, but two new. Yeah. Just two for new that. Songs. Two, yeah. Yeah. Two. Two. I think. I think the songs are. It's kind of hit and miss. Um, yeah. With, right, with the some work, yeah. some don't. Yeah. Like yeah. Fuel should not be on there. No. No. That. <laughs> it's a little overbearing, but then like the thing that not, should not be is pretty. That's probably a good song. That was format, really good, yeah. Yeah. Call of Cthulhu was great. Yes. Oh, I can imagine. I open with that. Too. Yeah. How did they not? Did please tell me they did all of the instrumentals? Mm, they did not. Not all of them. Cthulhu I think that. they just did Cthulhu. I think that was it. I think yeah. they didn't do Orion. No. Uh, mm, I don't think so. I mean, it was they didn't do, Jason. They didn't play that often with Jason. Yeah, it was still Jason. They played a lot now with yeah, Rob. With Rob. But they didn't play it a lot with uh, Jason. Yeah. Anyway, oh, Rob is better than Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, Although <laughs> some people disagree with that. But. Yeah. Ah, how could you? Uh, Rob is better than most other. There's a, there's a lot of people. Today. There's a reason he got that job. <laughs> there, are, there are a lot of people. <laughs> so there's there's one more. Um, I don't know, Tim, if you want to read this one. Sure. Uh, and you can give a little background on Ben too, since. You've been talking to him a little bit more than I have, I think. Uh, ben Epitoff. Um, the background on this is that he's writing a Metallica book. Um, mm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he's friends with um, Kyle, right? Yep. And Kyle's kind of a... We, we know Kyle because of he's friends with our younger brothers. Mm-hmm. So this should be a good read if he's an author. It's a good read, yeah. It's uh, another long one, so... Not too bad. Not too bad. It, not not. Yeah. yeah. It's not Justin Hasler long. No, it's not that long. <laughs> I hope it's got its good. No offense, Justin. You know, that, that, Wait, was, that, was, that was a good one. Can you do a cool voice like Keith? Should I read like Matt Penfield? <laughs> yes. I, no. Wrong, no. First five records. I'm not. I'm not reading like that. Have you been smoking for yeah, thirty right. years? Because that's what he's. Doing. All right, Ben Apatow, not yep. Judd Apatow. 
but it sounds similar. Close. Uh, and Justice for All was my. I'll try that again. And Justice for All was the last of Metallica's first fi- five records that I bought. And it still surprised me. When people ask my favorite Metallica ever song, the first one that comes to mind is Blackened. It's a good one. Which might say more about me than it does about Metallica. It's political, punky, fast, mathy, riff driven, and of course, incomparably ferocious live. Well, incomparably ferocious. Uh, one thing I love about Metallica's political songs on their most overtly political record, and no matter what James and Lars tell you, they are, we were just talking about this, is that Metallica write broadly enough that their politics are timeless. Oh, well, that's good. That kind of contradicts yeah. what the other guy was saying. Yeah, well, that's what we were saying. Yeah. Uh, we were saying that what Michael yeah. Moran was saying. Yeah, it's a little bit more uh, abstract and broad than, yeah. Yeah. Uh, many of those dead kennedys or rage against the machine songs about specific people and events are are admirably blunt but sound dated today who's jerry brown <laughs> sure <laughs> we all admirably know or admirably admirably Pol pot <laughs> oh i think admirably yeah i think it's right. admirably blunt yeah so yeah many of those that kennedy or rage against the machines songs about specific people and events are admirably blunt but sound dated today but the themes of Blackened, The Shortest Straw, and Justice for All, Eye of the Beholder, Harvester of Sorrow, more relevant now than ever. Hmm. I can't think of a record that's helped me through the last few years of turmoil more than Injustice for All. Oh, wow. yeah. You can see that. Uh, one thing I'm writing about in the book, Metallica FAQ book, is how Metallica conveyed revolutionary ideas with revolutionary music. Like the best writers who revolutionized prose as well as ideas on Justice for All, Metallica attacked conventional song structures, production standards, conceptions of mainstream metal, and their own history, just as they attacked the government, the justice system, military corruption, perceptions of, perceptions of reality, and more. I love how they go out on their shortest, fastest, heaviest song, the first time Hetfield ever addressed his parents on record which has barely anything to do with the rest of the record's themes. That's true. It is kind of yeah. uh, outlier. At the end of Injustice for All, Metallica attacks your ideas of the record itself. On their next record, they'd attack it even more. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm less bothered by the lack of bass than by how mean they were to Jason. That guy worked <laughs> his ass off for his dream job, playing with his heroes, only to get relentlessly hazed by his bandmates. <laughs> Jason getting buried in the mix on Injustice for All makes the record a tough listen, but also ensured people would be looking looking deeper into the record, asking questions and trying to get more out of it, even 30 years later. Yeah. yeah. It also conveys the aching absence of Cliff. That moment where all the instruments cut out and to live is to die crushes me every single time. Yeah. 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 The last time I saw Metallica on the Worldwide tour, they ended with an all-out explosive inter-Sandman that had everyone screaming on their feet. Would have been a great place to stop, and no one would have blamed them if they did, but Lars counted him one more time, and the band went right into the main progression to the Freydens of Sanity. A good reminder that Metallica, 30 years after Injustice for All, still surprises, still goes beyond what's expected of them. Uh, still goes beyond what's expected of them. And that even a song like Frayed Ends, a deep cut that's rarely played live, Metallica can blow a stadium to pieces. Yeah. They, are. they played that song? I think he means. I think he means they played... He says the main progression, just, the, just like the, the, the a metal. Yeah, the, the, the main yeah, they, they, Okay, but I mean that is a that song deserves a lot more credit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, I mentioned it last episode. Yeah, it was yeah, my favorite did, Metallica did, song for a long holy time. Holy fucking hell! That yeah. that song is insane. Yeah, 
And yeah. It's some motherfucker but, to play. So. I mean, Dyer's Eve, is that really about his own parents? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. He did not have a good relationship with his parents. I did not know that. No. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. They were divorced, and uh, the dad kind of just wasn't The only around. one I know is that Lars's dad was like some tennis champion. He <laughs> was a tennis yeah. pro player, yeah. Christian, Christian Science was in there. This mom wouldn't uh, get cancer treatment. She's like, no, God will take care of me, and then she died. You know, yeah. that, kind of, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> Oh, that God that failed. Uh, exactly, there you there go. You go. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Well, we should thank everyone once again for sending in all of their uh, stories about justice. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll do something like this again. Who knew it would be cool? <laughs> I guess I take, back what, I take yeah. back what I said before. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. If you have any more comments, if you have anything to say, please yeah. say it out, uh, and, and do what our British friend did and, and send us a video yeah. clip because that will almost definitely. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it doesn't have to be video. Get heard. Well, it Audio. doesn't have to be, but one way or another, yeah, yeah. We would love to hear more from anybody because we like to make this an open conversation. Well, we'll yeah, absolutely. probably talk about the Black Album at some point. I'm sure we yeah. will. We could talk about it right now. I think we <laughs> should. I mean, yeah, but you know what I mean, like in more depth. Well, really? Do we have to? <laughs> you could just. You could just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Energy, energy, aggression, power. To sum it up, it's a vulgar display of power. Metal and and certain other forms of rock give teenagers something to believe in that they get no place else. The human element of making music is what's most important. Singing into a microphone and learning to play an instrument, that's the most important thing. I love it when it's late at night, and you're in bed, and you're nice and cozy, you're watching your favorite shows, for me, Justice Files, that's my favorite show. I'm glad you appreciate it like I do. People say, Dane, why do you love the show? It's simple, because I love justice. And I love files. And when the two come together, I could blow a justice load. I could blow a justice file load. <laughs>